Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. This year, I'll spend less time with God. I will hide my faith from my coworkers. This year, I will spend more and tithe less. I will read the Bible as little as possible. I will remain silent when I know it should speak. This year. This year. This year. I will not share my faith with my best friend. I will shirk leadership responsibilities every chance I get. I will continue to justify my bad behavior. And give God my leftovers. This year. This year. This year, I will let the busyness of life squeeze God out. Isn't it interesting you don't really have to ever make those resolutions? Because that's pretty much what we default to. <laughs> and now I'm not going to ask you this morning. I know Jesse did earlier. I'm not going to ask you how many made New Year's resolutions. Because the truth of the matter is, today is the 6th. And it's probably irrelevant anyway. So um, we're just going to move ahead. Now, I, this is our first Sunday of the New Year. And, and I, I generally don't make New Year's resolutions. But I do believe, even though it's kind of artificial... That New Year's does provide us a chance to slow down and stop for a moment, reassess where we're at, kind of review the year, and then think about the year ahead. And, and this morning, rather than talking about making resolutions and things I want to do, things I want to change, what I'd really like us to focus in on this morning is who do you want to become? But you get to this time next year, what kind of person? do you want to be? Because that's really at the heart of it. That's going to carry long before any resolutions or things I want to do or plans I want to make. It's really, who do I want to become? And, and I've been thinking about this and praying about this a lot personally, but, but also for us as a church. And, and we set some goals last year and, and God just exceeded our goals. And, and we we're so excited about that. And I was thinking and praying about, okay, God, so for this year, for this year, and, and here's something that I don't think I have said up front here, just out loud for a long, long time. We talk about it all the time on staff. We talk about it, um, ways that we can better do it. But let me just say, okay, for 2013, for Northgate Christian Fellowship, we, this year, we are committed to and we are unapologetically about growing a church. I got one hand clap. Okay. I see we've got our work cut out for us this year. <laughs> now, when I was a kid in Sunday school, we used to sing this little song. And some of you maybe who grew up in Sunday school, some of you who didn't, you may not recognize the song at all. Um, but it kind of went deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep. And... If you didn't grow up in Sunday school, that was pretty much the song. That was it. I but the idea behind it, and I think for us as a church, we are setting the fact that we as a church want to grow wide and deep. We want to widen our influence. We want to widen our impact. We want to widen the kingdom of God. We want to widen our seating capacity. We want to widen the number of people that are a part of this church family. We want to grow wide. Okay? We're, we're, we're unapologetic about that because we believe that that is God's express will and desire and intent for his church. Jesus didn't come, live his life on this earth, give three years of ministry, die on a cross, and get resurrected for just 12 guys. His intent was to change the world. 
And we are a part of that 2,000 years later. So unapologetically, let me say, we are about growing this year, growing wide. But we are also about growing deep. Deeper in our commitments. Deeper in our love for God. Deeper in our understanding of His Word. Deeper in our faithfulness to His commands. And there's some things that we can do as a church and as a leadership of the church and provide the types of ministries and environments for this to happen. But there is also a part of it that's really going to be up to you. It's really going to come right down to you. And this morning, what I want to talk about at the beginning of this new year and talking about this year, not just being a year of growth for Northgate, but a year for growth for you. And I want to give you four habits Four habits that I will guarantee you, if this year you will take these four habits seriously, if you will give yourself, in fact, I'm going to give you a 90-day challenge between now and Easter, roughly 90 days, actually it's like 87, but carry it over for three days, I don't know. But here's a 90-day challenge. If you will, if you will take these four habits seriously and give yourselves to them, and we're going to do everything we can to help you with this. I guarantee you, you will have grown your faith because this is how God grows your faith. Four habits. So let me start with the first one, and it's real simple. It's all about practical Bible teaching. Make it a habit to keep yourself under, to expose yourself to, to listen to on a regular basis, practical Bible teaching. Every person that I've ever talked to who has ever come to faith, who has ever grown in their faith, it happened, part of it happened when for the very first time, and they might have been growing up in church, but it happened for the very first time when there was an aha moment where it made sense and I need to do something about this. See, and we are committed here to practical Bible teaching. We teach from God's word because we believe it is the best source of of information, wisdom, and direction for our lives, and we do it in a way so that you can respond. In fact, for this whole fall um, season, we did every week, we gave you an assignment. And we're going to keep doing that. But it comes down to this, listening and doing. All of Jesus' teaching was practical. It was applicable. It was useful. It was helpful. Everything. In fact, his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, was all about practice, practice, practice. He said things like, love your enemies. Now, that doesn't sound very practical, but he says it's something you can practice. It's something you can apply to your life. Instead of hating your enemies, love your enemies and pray for them. If someone asks you to carry a burden one mile, go the extra mile. If someone strikes you on the cheek, offer him the other cheek. Now, those things don't sound very practical, but you can practice them. They were applicable. Everything that Jesus taught was about doing, not just listening. And he came to the end of that sermon and he said this, everyone who hears these words of mine, now that's what we're doing right here this morning, okay? That's the first half. Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is what you're doing. You are listening. You've even got your note papers out and you're taking notes, you're filling in blanks, whatever it is. But if you take notes, if you listen and you stuff that thing in your Bible and never look at it again and never do anything about it, you have missed the point. That's just part one. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. 
puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. He is saying, if you will take these words of mine and you will actually do them, you are providing for your life a foundation that will carry you through no matter what experience you go through. You are giving yourself a firm foundation for the rest of your life. But you can't just listen to it. You've got to put it into practice. Because listening, as much as I enjoy all of you being here and not having to talk to an empty room, if all you do is come and listen, you've missed the point. Even if you take notes. <laughs> he says if he, puts, if he takes these words of mine, puts them into practice as like a wise man who built this house. Conversely, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The difference is in the doing. Not the hearing. Hearing's good, but the doing, putting into practice. He says, if you, if you just listen, but you never put them into practice, you got the shakiest foundation for your life, and it's not going to take much to blow you off your, your foundation. It's putting into practice. And, and you know what? At the end of that sermon when he said that, it says about him that the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. He taught like nobody else. Everybody else was teaching the scripture. All the other rabbis were teaching Torah. All the other leaders of synagogue, they were all teaching God's word. But there was something about Jesus' teaching that carried a note of authority. And what carried the note of authority is he says, you do something about it. That's where the authority comes from. Not just knowing it, it's doing it. So here's part of the 90-day challenge. Make getting under biblical teaching, practical biblical teaching, a priority for your life. Make Sunday mornings a priority for your life. Not if I get up on time. Not if I wasn't out too late last night. Make it a priority. Make it a prayer because here is, we are committed to this. Every single sermon that is preached here, we, we always come, no matter who preaches, it's always, okay, yes, but how? How? What do we want people to do? What does God want them to do? It's great that they learned this, but what does God want them to do with it? And that's, we always preach towards practice. And we always give you an opportunity to respond because that's where the change happens. So make it a priority and get here on time. Didn't get any amens on that one either. We got a lot of work this year to do. <laughs> Seriously, if you're coming late, you are missing some of the best stuff. I, I, Jesse's worship leading and the music that we sing is far better than my preaching. <laughs> I would rather listen to him than listen to me, okay? Now, we give ourselves... <laughs> that I got an amen. <laughs> this is going to be a long year. I will say amen to that one, okay? <laughs> no, we are committed to changing the way people view the church. When that change is going to happen, when change happens in us, and it happens when we put into practice the things that we are learning. We talk about it all the time. You would, have, you would be amazed at the number of times that people will come to me or, or to Pastor Larry, whoever preaches, and, and says to them afterwards, you know, it was like you were talking right at me. It was like you were talking right at me. I've had more than a few people say to me, were you in our living room last night? It was like you heard exactly what we're saying. You know why that is? Because when you fill out that communication card, 
We secretly plant bugs in your living room. No, that's not how. <laughs> it's because God's spirit takes his word and makes it resonate in your heart. It's because we talk about real life living of faith. And when you talk about real life application living in faith, and God takes that word and makes it resonate in people's heart. I wish I could take credit. I wish I could say I'm the greatest speaker in the world. And every time I speak, it's just like I'm talking to everybody. I can't take any credit for that. Well, that's what God does. But you got to expose yourself to it. So that's the first habit. Just make it a habit. And, and by the way, not just us. There are at least four or five different podcasts of other teachers, preachers, um, pastors that I, I listen to on a regular basis because they feed me. They teach me. They keep me moving and thinking and growing. So don't just make it about just us. There's other resources there. In fact, if, you'd, um, if you've got a, a smartphone, um, if you've got a, an iPhone or an iPod or, or some inferior device, there's an app, <clears throat> there's an app called YouVersion, okay? If you do not have that app, download it today. It's called YouVersion. There is, I think, I, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or 50 different translations in English, English translations for you to be able to read, and you can probably find one of those you understand, <laughs> But, but just, and, and, and if you can't read, there's actually part of the application where it will read it to you. You know, I talked a couple weeks ago about instead of listening to talk radio in your car, listen to, listen to music that glorifies and honors God, uplifts your spirit. Another thing you can do is get that app, listen to the Bible, but, but get yourself under the word of God and take it in and then look for ways to practice it. First habit. Second one, personal or private disciplines. Anybody I've ever talked to who is growing in their faith understands that it's got to be more than Sunday morning. There is a personal application. There is a personal responsibility that I must take. There are practical things and personal things and private things that I have to do. Nobody can survive on one meal a week, no matter how good it is. Nobody can. So you need to take the responsibility for that. That's where it comes in. Jesus said, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. He said, no, no, no. This is a practice. This is a private discipline. This is between you and, you, you and God. You get away. Get away just you and God and pray. He says, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets so that everybody can hear. This is, this is a private, this is a personal discipline. This is something between you and God. You make that decision, you make that giving, and you do it to God. Don't make a big fanfare of it. These are personal, private disciplines. They're not the measure of your spirituality. And here's where I think we get things wrong sometimes is that we think we measure our spiritual life by the number of, of, of uh, hours we spend in prayer or Bible reading. Now, Prayer and Bible reading are good, but they are not the end in themselves. They are not the measuring stick for your spiritual growth. They are a means to an end. And the end that they are a means to is growing your faith. So it's about taking that, not just so I can check it off the list, but so that I can take God's word into my life and bring that foundation that will bring about and stimulate growth in my faith. And so do these things, not as a list to check off, but as something that you know is going to enrich your life. Now, here's what we have done. We did it back in the fall with the first half of the book of Luke. 
Next week, we are starting the second half of the book of Luke. We're going to look at Jesus' life and teachings, the second half of it. And we have, as a pastor staff, um, we have all contributed and, and put together this little booklet. And we have made it so easy. You don't have to read more than maybe 20 sentences each day. So here's part of the 90-day challenge. This is one of the disciplines, okay, private disciplines. There's three of them I'm going to talk about. Read. And, and it's broken down into bite-sized segments. And each one of them has just a little blurb that's been written by one of the members of our pastoral staff. So if you read that passage and you go, I have no idea what that was about, this will help stimulate your thinking. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is the part of the 90-day challenge. 15 minutes. 15 minutes every day. If you are a morning person, do it in the morning. If you are not a morning person, don't try it in the morning. You're dooming yourself to failure. Do it in the evening. Do it on your lunch hour. But set aside 15 minutes every day. Read the passage that's assigned. And then read the little write-up that's been done. That kind of help you start. And then reflect on it. And just think of it. Instead of just getting through it, stop and think about it. And then for each week, there's one page just for you to write down your thoughts. And this is the second discipline, prayer. It's taking God's word and just asking this question. What is it saying? What do I learn about God here? What do I learn about me? And what does God want me to do? Now, I have for years kept a prayer journal. I wish I could say I do it every day. I don't. Uh, I'm not that regular at it, um, but pretty regular at it. But here's what I have found. Because some of you aren't journalists, and journalers, and, and that's okay. You don't have to be. But what I have found that works for me is when I stop and take the time and think about my prayers and actually write them out, for me, it keeps me focused. So we didn't give you enough lines to be able to do that every day. But you could write one or two sentences there and make that your prayer. Whatever you learned, whatever, whatever stood out to you, whatever, this is a change, then, then the prayer is, God, do this in my life today. Do this in my life today. Just take a very simple approach to this, 15 minutes. It won't take you more than five to read the section, five minutes to reflect, and then another five to just write down your prayer. So scripture reading, it's one of the disciplines, it's a private discipline, it's for you. Time with God, prayer personal discipline. And here's the third one I'm going to give you. It's giving. Did you notice, by the way, in those things, he didn't say, if you pray, if you give. He said, when you give, when you pray. These are things that it's expected that you will do. These are the things that are going to help you grow your faith. Giving is a big, big part of it. Now, some of you are asking, why in the world did you include giving in that? I'll tell you why. Because this right here, is the 20th century temple to the God of Mammon. <laughs> this little piece of leather tells me what I value, what is worth to me, and every day we worship at this temple. And God knows that about us. He knows there is something in us that has a longing for something more. And we keep trying to fill that something more with other stuff or more of that stuff. And God knows that about us. And so way, 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 way back when, he said, okay, I'm going to help you with this one. A tenth of all you receive, 
you give. 10%. 10 whatever your income is, you set that aside. Because the truth is, everything you have comes as a gift for me, but I just need, you need that reminder. So 10%. This is part of the 90-day challenge. In fact, we're talking about, we're going to do a Try the Tithe Sunday. And we're going to do it in February. So we're giving you time to budget for it. But listen to this. Do you know that in 2011, in our benevolence giving, we helped eight families, 2011, eight families to the tune of $2,800. Last year, last year, we decided we are going to be a generous church and we are committing to generosity. And one of the ways that we did is we started the dollar club. And we told everybody, everybody who attends, if you will just give $1 for every person in your family that's here today, $1, above and beyond, whatever else you give or even don't give, just that $1, if you will just give that, what we will do, in fact, what we decided is whether people do it or not, we're still committed to this. We're going to be a generous church. And so we decided whatever our Sunday morning attendance, whatever our weekend attendance is every week, that amount of money we are going to set aside. We're going to take that amount and we are going to give it or use it to help a family in need. 2011, we helped eight families to the tune of $2,800. 2012, because we made that commitment. Anybody want to guess? We increased by a thousand percent we helped more than 60 families to the tune of twenty-eight thousand dollars yeah yeah that's a good thing that is a good thing that is the power of one simple idea one simple dollar one dollar and that doesn't even count the hundreds of thanksgiving dinners that we gave out or the 40 families that we helped with christmas time we learned to be generous because we started putting it into practice. Now, and it felt good. It feels good. You clap at that because it feels like we're doing something. We're helping somewhere. That's a good thing. And it's a great thing to give when it makes you feel good. This year, we're doing it as a discipline. Because here's the difference. If I only give when it makes me feel good, it won't be a discipline. <laughs> So here's the challenge for the next 90 days. Set aside a tenth of whatever income you have and you give it back to God, to the work of God. Now, I just want to give you an idea of what that would look like because I, I, I you probably can't fathom what that might look like. In our area, the, the most conservative, in fact, the lowest I could find for our whole area, median income is somewhere around $60,000 a year. Monthly income of $5,000. That's the median, okay, for our area. And that's the lowest one I could find. I'm going as conservative as I can, all right? We have, within our church, at, at the most conservative, I'm it's, it's more than this, but I'm let's get the bottom line, the lowest common denominator. We have somewhere around 250 families or households or whatever, however you want to classify that. Okay? So 250 people who call Northgate their home. Now, if you're a guest this morning, I'm talking to the church a little bit, so this is not for you. Okay? But this is for our church. If we're going to be a growing church, if you're going to be a growing person, if you're going to grow your faith, 250 people 
A tenth of 5,000 is 500. That would mean a monthly income to the ministry of Northgate of $150,000. Do you have any idea what we could do with $150,000? Do you have any idea the kinds of ministry that we have longed to do, things that we would, we're just dreaming of but we cannot do because we don't have the resources to do it? 150000 Listen to this. Do you know what our average monthly income is? Less than half. Less than half of that. So this is my challenge to you. Now, let me tell you, by the way, this is a challenge God made. It's the only, where in script, only place in Scripture anywhere that I've ever been able to find where God actually says, test me in this. Test me in the tithe. You give back 10% of what I have given you, and you see if I don't take care of you. You see if I don't provide. In fact, you see if I do not open the storehouses of heaven and flood stuff on you. He prom he, and he said, test me in it. So I'm, gonna, I'm just giving you what God gave you. I'm going to test you. Somebody asked me not too long ago, I said, well, how do you do that? I mean, I know. I said, you know, I look at my budget. And I go, how do you do that? And you know what I said to them? I just do it. There's no secret sauce. There's no magic to this thing. You just decide to do it, and you do it, and then you let God take care of the rest. Can you imagine the kind of impact we could have on our community with those kinds of resources? Imagine what it will do for your faith because nothing will test your faith. Nothing will test your faith more than your finances. Nothing. Because that's where we worship. And we think, if I do that, who's going to take care of me? God is. That's the idea. That's what faith is. God will take care of me. So, in fact, it, it's not just what Jesus said. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, earnestness in your love for us, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. He says, this is something you've got to grow at too. It'll grow your faith. Okay, I've got to move quickly. Third one, intentional relationships. There is a, a relational component to everybody's story of faith. Uh, just, just quickly run. Who here came to faith in Christ because of a TV preacher? Who here came to faith because of a tract someone gave you? Who here came to faith because of a radio preacher? Who here came to faith in Christ because a friend or a family member or a loved one led you to him? Look around. Faith is, there's a relational component to faith. There's a relational component at the beginning of faith. There's a relational component that carries us through at each step along the way. And we know that. And that's why we have, for the, from the beginning, put such an emphasis on our community groups. And if you are not a part of a community group, it is one habit that I'm going to challenge you to, to do this for the next 90 days. Get involved in a community group. This week, we're going to be having the meeting here on campus. We're making it as easy as possible for you to get into a group. So take us up on it. There is something about being together. There is, there is something, there is, a, there is a community aspect to growing our faith that we miss out on if we don't take part in it. Hebrews 10, 
Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. He says, let us, let us consider. He said, let's think about this a little bit. So let's, let's think about ways that we can help each other grow. Let's put some thought into this. Let, let's, let's think about how we can maximize our relationships to encourage each other to grow in faith. Let, let's give ourselves, let, let's give some real serious thought and then let's do something about it. That's what he's saying. So we provide community groups. We can provide the environment. We can provide the opportunities. But again, you will not grow if you miss out on this part. And then the last one. Meaningful ministry. You were made for something bigger than yourself. And I have known people whose life was all about them. And when it came to the end, had such regrets. I can't show anything that I'm leaving behind. Any good that I've done in this world. It is our prayer for you as the pastors of this church that you would not miss out on the sense of fulfillment that comes from knowing that you are a part of what God is doing in this world. And some of you have been in ministry in the past and have dropped out and have never gotten back in. You needed a break and we understood that, but you took a break and you never got back. Some of you have never, ever gotten involved in any ministry. And I'm going to tell you something. Your faith will not grow nearly as much until you put yourself in a situation where you have to do something that depends on God. <laughs> and you have gifts and you have talents and you have abilities. No one is useless in the kingdom of God. In fact, he says we're all part of the body. He says we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as what? I didn't hear that. As each part does its work. Each part. You are integral. Your growth is integral to the growth of the body as a whole. And on the back of your communication card, there are all kinds of different areas where you can get involved. Find one that you're interested in. Now, here's what we even say. We tell people, test drive one. You know, if you sign up for that, it's not like we're going to take your name down and say, oh, gosh, okay. You're going to teach third graders for the next five years. Thank you very much. Okay. We won't do that to you. We'll give you a chance to test drive. Now, if you are involved in a ministry, invite somebody to join you. If you want to get involved in the ministry and you don't know where or how to start, find somebody that you know and say, hey, I'd like to shadow you. I'd like to do what you do. I'd like to see what you do in your ministry. If you see somebody that you'd really kind of like, I'd like to get to know but don't know them yet, there's a great opportunity. <laughs> Go to them. You say, hey, what do you do? What ministry do you do? I'd like to see how that works. And if you're not involved in a ministry, okay, so here's your 90-day challenge on this one. Just give yourself for the next 90 days a chance to experiment and to test drive a few ministries. Find one. Use the next 90 days to find one and get involved. But to just come, sit, listen, take notes, go home, it's not going to grow you. It's just not going to grow you. We grow. We grow when we give ourselves to learning practical biblical teaching. 
when we give ourselves to private disciplines, when we, when we are intentional about our relationships, and when we start giving back in ministry. Service and ministry is not an option for the Christ follower. On the very last night Jesus spent with his followers, he took a basin and a towel and he washed their feet like a servant. And when he was done, he says, now do you know what I've done for you? You call me Lord. That's what I am. But I'm also a servant. And I've given you an example that you would serve one another. And you will not grow in your faith unless you're willing to serve. So we're going to start this week with our Bible knowledge and all of that. I'm not even going to give you an assignment except to memorize this verse. Okay? Because this is a great verse for the year. It's a passage in Scripture, one sentence. Um, and actually, you already know half of it. You already know the first half. Not that I've already obtained all this or that I've been made perfect. You've said that all the time. Not that I'm perfect. Hey, so, so you already know the first half of this one, okay? Not that I'm perfect. Of course, your not that I'm perfect always goes, not that I'm perfect, but I'm better than they are, <laughs> okay? That's the wrong but, okay? So it goes, not that I've already obtained all this or already been made perfect, but I press on. This year is about pressing on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So we're going to say this out loud together. And then we're going to close. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This week, memorize that sentence. And when you fail, and when you stumble, and when you forget, not that I've already obtained all this or been made perfect, but I press on. I press on. Bow your heads with me, please. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.